morning, everyone. How are you doing? Good. To the one of you who said that, I appreciate it. Uh, can we get a, give our worship hand, uh, our worship band a hand uh, this morning? Thank you for clapping for me. I appreciate it. Um, no, I'd love, I'd, I don't know if it was 10,000 reasons. We just haven't played that song in a long time. And just, it's, I love worship and I love worshiping with our, our people here. They do such a good job and uh, Brandon and Grace and the Buells and uh, everybody who's really a part of any of the worship teams. It's just, it's awesome. I'm just grateful for the worship here at FBN. Uh, I want to call your attention to a few things as we get going this morning. Um, and we've, uh, we've already made mention of it once, but it's this bulletin here. Uh, if you still don't have one, we're really trying to encourage people to grab one of these. It does have uh, good information in it. It's got a, a place where for you to make sermon notes, that kind of stuff. But if you're a guest here uh, with us, we just want you to really, really know that we're glad that you're here. Um, I was talking to uh, another person today who just moved in, or I was talking to him yesterday. They moved to Indy and talking about their church search. And I, I understand uh, my, my own parents um, moved away a few years ago. Looking for a church is not easy. Um, and just walking into a place not knowing to it what to expect is not easy. And so we really want to accommodate you as best as possible. Um, feel free to just come in and just stay under the radar and don't tell anybody who you are. Like, that's fine if that's how you want to come here um, at the start. And we just want you to uh, taste to see that the Lord is good according to Psalm 34. And we want you to experience that through God's word, through God's people, through God's worship. We just want you to taste the Lord and, and know that he's good. And so I hope that's your experience today. But if you are at a place where you'd like to let us know a little bit more about yourself in this bulletin uh, right here uh, is a perforated piece of paper and it's just us asking you information about yourself so if you're a first-time guest here if you've been coming you and we don't know who you are yet uh, would you fill that out tear it off and at the end of the service if you go right out those doors there there's a welcome desk there there will be somebody there to take your uh, to take your form uh, but to also give you just a gift uh, as our token of just appreciation for you being here joining us in worship and we want to assist you in any way possible uh, but most of all today experience the Lord's goodness go at your own pace and we're really really grateful uh, that you decided to join us for worship today also uh, if you've been around here long enough you know that we invite every uh, student who's a fourth grader or older to join us in our worship service um, that's kind of how we have things set up here so we have some kids here so kids I'm calling out to you on the back of the bulletin if you noticed uh, we have a little kids interaction place um, where you can uh, look around, see who the people next to you are, and write down their names and uh, some, uh, some things to just engage you in the sermon. So like today, for example, count how many times the pastor says light. Uh, if that helps you stay engaged, adults, you can do this too. I hope you're like beyond that, but you can do it too. I had somebody in the first service come up to me and say, 87. That's how many times you said light. And I was like, well, thank you. That's good to know, I guess. Uh, but uh, draw a picture of the brightest thing, right? We, each Sunday, we're going to come out with different things for you to just be engaged with uh, the worship service, and hopefully it'll be uh, accommodating to you as well. So take this. It'll be a resource uh, for you. Uh, live by it. Die by it. And, uh, or else we'll quit making it. So I'm just kidding. We'll never quit making it, even if it's useless, because we've always made it. So, uh, but... but <laughs> but make it useful. That's the point, okay? Um, all that to say, I want to invite Drew Almond uh, to come up. He's going to read our scripture passage for this morning from Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verses 8 through 14. And if you are capable, would you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? 
Good morning. Um, if you're reading in the Blue Bibles, in the back of the chairs, we're on page 816. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awesome. Thank you, Drew. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Our God in heaven, we are uh, just humbled uh, by your goodness, by your grace to us this morning. Again, thank you so much for uh, just the songs that you have inspired for us to sing, uh, just giving praise to you, Lord. And I just pray that today would contribute not only to uh, our song of praise to you, but our living, our thinking. God, that we would live and think according to who we are in the light of Jesus Christ, uh, that we would put aside even more uh, dark things uh, that seem to entrap us so often, and God, that you would just draw us deep into yourself. And if there's anyone here, God, who does not know you, I pray that today, first of all, uh, that they would get a wonderful taste of who you are, but also, God, that they might be um, brought to a place um, where their faces are unveiled, that they see the light of Christ, and that they would make Jesus their Lord and Savior this morning. God, it's in his beautiful name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> so we will be in Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. You might have noticed we're reading some of the same verses that Brett covered last week. Um, uh, Brett looked heavily at verse 8, uh, 9, and, and we're going to make strong reference to those. So we wanted to read those leading into what we're talking about today because it is one continuous thought. and um, we'll, you'll, you'll see kind of as we get into it. So no one really knows the original author of this quote. Um, it's popularly popularly believe that uh, Einstein is the one who, who said that we all know that light travels faster than sound. That's why certain people appear bright until you hear them speak, which I think is a brilliant quote. But it's not to divine believers, is it? This is not to be us, where we look bright, but whenever you get to know us, it's not so great, right? We as believers in Christ Jesus, we're not only called to appear bright, but also to live brightly, not just in the way we talk, but also in all aspects. Now, last week, uh, Pastor Brett unpacked for us Ephesians 5, 8, and 9. I want you to look at that once again. I want you to notice the nature of these verses. For you were once darkness. It doesn't say you were once in darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are in light. Other passages it says that, but now it says, now you are light. So I want you to understand, and he unpacked this super well, that we have been called to be not only in the light of Christ, to, to be light in Christ. Because we were once not only in darkness, but we were darkness. I hope you understand the, the, the ultimate language that's being used there. The totality of everything. You, this is who you were. This is definition. You were dark, but now you are light. And so what we're doing today is, Brett talked last week about coming into this light and what that light means for you and your identity. We're going to talk about living in this light. What does that mean for us in the way that we live? And obviously, you guys understand, as you would expect, Jesus did not give us his light. He did not transform us in this way so that we could keep this light to ourselves. We are not to be light hoarders. 
but it's meant to continue through us, to, to travel through us to those around us, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Right? Our faces, because of the Spirit of God, he's revealed himself to us, he's unveiled his glory to us. And so we've received his glory, we've received his light, and as a result, it is to transform us, to turn us more into himself, to turn us more into his glory and his light, ever increasing, is what it says. Why is it so important that not, we not only receive the light, but project it? Why is that so important? Well, Jesus answers that in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, when he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? so that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So you have been given light so that you might glorify God yourself, but also inspire others to do the same. Well, how do we do this? Well, that's where the scriptures help us today. Uh, I believe the scriptures strongly come to our aid this morning to encourage us in the way of thinking and living that is appropriate for light living and the first way that we want to concentrate on this morning is, as it says in verse 10, please the Lord. Big shocker, right? Please the Lord. Let's look again, uh, starting in verse 8. I want you to see these uh, in, as they go from one to the other. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out. What pleases the Lord? Find out what pleases the Lord. Now, this thinking is pretty uh, countercultural, is it not? Because the message that we receive from the world is not please, it's please me, please yourself. Our culture is actually built upon pursuing things that make us happy, that make us feel valuable, that make us feel important. And these are nice ways of saying what John says in 1 John, where the Bible says that these things are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right? And just before you start getting confident in kind of your own Christianity, listen, this infiltrates many people who, who claim Christ. It's common. Right, a person who uh, is dissatisfied with their spouse and so they seek the warmth of another. A dating couple who decides to take their relationship to the next physical level. Or a, a child who disobeys their parents because they're too restrictive. Or a retiree who has the freedom and resources to live the rest of their days relaxing and playing. And we can all justify these things by asking this one question. Doesn't God want me to be happy? Doesn't God want me to be happy? She's not making me happy anymore. Doesn't God want me to be happy? Now, here's the ironic thing. God absolutely wants you to be happy. But his definition of happiness is quite different than ours. He wants you to be filled to the brim with complete and fullness of joy. He wants you to be blessed beyond imagination. But God knows, and the scriptures teach... That the way to this ultimate fulfillment and joy is not through pleasing self, and it never has been. It's in obedience to God. It's in pleasing God, which we all know doesn't always please self right at the start, does it? It's not always the most attractive way to follow God's way because sacrifice and cost and all that kind of stuff comes into the picture. 
But this is what Psalm 120, 128, verse 1 says. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Obedience to God is the way to blessing. Obedience to God is the way to fullness of happiness. So you're dissatisfied in your marriage, but you want happiness. I mean, I guess you could distance yourself from home. You could find comfort in the arms of another. You could maybe even find momentary thrill and relief. But if you're believing in Jesus Christ, according to the happiness that the Lord has, fulfillment and joy in the Lord will not be had. And God might even let you dive deeper and deeper into despair and chaos if that's what it takes to humble you back to himself. You want to take your dating relationship to the next physical level. You know, start sleeping together, moving together, whatever it is. I, I guess you could do that. The world certainly won't tell you to do anything different. You'll find some excitement in it. It's fun to play married. Marriage is fun. And when we play married, then it has its moments of fun and thrill. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, fulfillment and joy in the Lord will not be had. God is not pleased. And God will allow the consequences of these decisions to play out if that's what you chase. And listen, this is the very point. Instead of asking ourselves, how do we please me? Doesn't God want me to be happy? And using that to even justify sin or to justify doing what Scripture tells us not to do, the Bible calls us to change the question in our hearts and minds, doesn't it? And we all know what that question is. How do I make God happy? How do I bless the Lord, oh my soul? How can I please the Lord? That's the question we are to ask. And scripture has a lot to say about this. A whole lot to say, but we're going to try to bottle it up in three words, okay? Purpose, pursuit, and prevention. Purpose, pursuit, and prevention. We're going to move through these quickly because these aren't the main points. These are just some points, right? So first, purpose. Look again at... uh, Verse 10, we're just going to look at the first three words and find out. And find out. What does that imply? It implies effort, doesn't it? It implies intentionality. It implies seeking a purpose to find out what pleases the Lord. This is your purpose. This is our purpose in life to to please the Lord. Uh, In the original language, in the Greek, find out means to test or approve. And it comes from the original or from the root word from the Greek that means to welcome. To welcome. So to find out what pleases the Lord, to actually welcome what pleases the Lord. Is this part of your living? Is this part of your thinking that you are actually actively welcoming this thought of pleasing the Lord? I want to please the Lord with this next big purchase. I want to please the Lord with this next big decision about my career. I want to please the Lord in my romantic relationship. I want to please the Lord even though I'm dissatisfied in my marriage. I want to please the Lord. And listen, if that's a genuine question in your heart, in your mind, because that's a purpose of, uh, of what you are trying to do, then listen, he's going to call you to obedience based upon what his scriptures say. Does the question cross your mind? That's really the nuts and bolts of it. Do you actively seek to please the Lord in your decisions, and does it shape the way that you live? Secondly is pursuit. Look at verse 9 of the passage that we just read. Actually, again, in verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And I think he's given an explanation why or how. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. I think he gives us some help right there, doesn't he? Colossians chapter uh, 1 kind of doubles up on this and says essentially the same thing, starting in verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. How? By bearing fruit 
in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, right? You are growing in, in knowing God's character and knowing him uh, personally. You're growing in that. You see, that's pursuit. You're growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Pursuit. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all of those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Because this and it pleases God our Savior. Hebrews chapter 13, 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. These are just a few. But hopefully you see. That in our pursuit of Jesus, through our righteousness and through our holiness, by putting on the good things of the Lord and putting off the dark things of evil, by your good deeds done in the name of Jesus Christ, for your intentionality, for the souls of people around you, in the way that we share with one another and sacrifice for each other. This pleases the Lord. This makes him happy. This blesses his heart. And I honestly don't think it's as hard as we make it out to be. I really don't, especially in cases of sin. We have the scriptures here, right? The authority of, of, of all time, God's word, inspired by him, written to us to direct uh, and guide every bit of living and to point us directly to his son, Jesus Christ. Most cases, you'll be able to look right at this and figure out what pleases the Lord and what doesn't, if you give it time. But sometimes, especially with sin, I mean, with sin, the scripture is, is fairly black and white in this area. But a lot of times you have a lot of good options, and you want to try to figure out which one most pleases the Lord. Well, in that scenario, the Bible says to ask for wisdom, and he'll give it to you. Right? So if you have the purpose of pleasing the Lord, and you have the prayerfulness to, to seek him, even in, when it's kind of confusing, it, it's fairly easy. Listen, the times it gets hard is whenever our pleasing of self comes back in and we're really struggling because we want we want what we want and we want to get what we want to get and we want to please us because doing what we want to do feels good in the moment and dwindles quickly doing what he wants to do what what he wants us to do is often hard at the start but leads to something greater and fuller following God and obeying God is not always the most exciting thing at the beginning but his promise is more fulfilling, more completeness of joy in your heart. Why? Because that's the nature of obedience. We obey God and he blesses that and he always have. It's constant. Right? So we have purpose. You have pursuit. And then you also have prevention. Prevention. And this is simple. It's just preventing the things that do not please the Lord. Again, scripture is littered with it, but I want to give you three that just make it very clear. Romans 8, 8. <clears throat> Chapter 8, verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. What does the realm of the flesh mean? It means I do everything that I want to do. I don't consider pleasing the Lord. That's not even an option. I just do what I want to do. That's, that's the realm of the flesh, and it's not pleasing to the Lord. Hebrews eleven sixteen, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Psalm 5, 4, For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. Listen, if you want to be sure not to please the Lord, make all of your decisions without faith. Follow your gut, follow your heart, 
The Bible tells us these are the most deceitful things about us. And then simply live to please self moment by moment. You'll be sure to live a life not pleasing to God. And listen, if you're like me, then those words cut. Because that's exactly what our default is. If we are not actively pursuing, if we're not actively living on purpose and on mission to please the Lord, and if we are making no effort to prevent these things in our lives, that's exactly what our default is, is to just live for self. And listen, it hurts because the Bible says this is displeasing to God. And we all say, I want to please the Lord. This is displeasing to God. And so it should hurt a little bit. Listen, this doesn't mean that God is not pleased in you, right? He saved you for a purpose. He loves you deeply, and and nothing can change that. It's the same relationship that you have with your kids, right? We all know that uh, that our kids are not always going to do the most pleasing things, but you try to take my kid from me, even at my kid's worst. I I mean, it'll still be a struggle a little bit, maybe sometimes, but, you, you know... You can't do it. Like, my love for, for that child is stronger than anything else. Nothing will negate my love or passion for them to succeed and because they're, 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 they're mine. I, I love them, right? They are pleasing to me. That relationship is pleasing. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that they won't do things that don't displease me sometimes. And listen, it's the same in our relationship with God. He's always pleased in you that you are his child, for sure. But even his children can let the displeasing darkness creep its way back into our experience if we let our guard down. And that brings us to our next point as we talk about thinking and living in the light of Christ. The first big point that we made was that we are to please the Lord. And now, Scripture tells us to expose the darkness. Expose the darkness. Look at verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is awesome. It's so good. So why? Uh, Or so those who who live in the light of Jesus Christ, we, we are called to expose darkness, not to embrace it and certainly not to justify it, which we often do, right? Uh, It's similar language that he uses up in uh, verse 3 of the same chapter. But but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Now, down here, he's saying, uh, uh, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds. It's very similar language, isn't it? And the the reason is because there's there's a lot at stake. So we are called to expose the darkness for what it is, because darkness is most powerful when it's kept unexposed, when it's kept hidden when it's kept in secret by exposing darkness though we rob it of its power as well as the power of the sin uh, of the enemy of sin of darkness altogether we rob it of its power whenever we expose it now we're called to do this in a few ways right uh first of all we're called to do it uh in the way that we stand for truth in the public arena but also we're called to do it in the way that we confess sin in the personal arena Stand for truth in the public arena. As children of light, we have to call sin what it is. We're not allowed to waver or to be shady about it. We must call darkness what it is. It's a matter of conviction. It's a matter of the scriptures. It's a matter of what God has called us to be and to stand for. We cannot waver. And listen, there's a lot of culturally heated issues that a lot of Christians are wavering on now. But the Bible is clear. 
The Bible is clear on so many of them. All of the ones that we think are just kind of uh, iffy or that people just uh, seem to pick sides on, right? Homosexuality and abortion and consumption of things that totally distort your mind and all of the other stuff. We're called. We're called to know darkness when we see it and to know light when we see it. We have to be on one or the other. And then there's a lot of issues that are not controversial at all. They're just evil and dark, right? Mass shootings that we're reading about and hearing about. The drug addiction, an epidemic uh, among us. Prostitution, child abuse, homelessness, starvation, on and on and on. All of these things. And the point is this. Is the light strong enough in us, uh, enough in us to make us so sensitive to the dark that it leads us to do something on behalf of the light in those dark places? In those dark places. We're human. We can't all be passionately concerned about every single social issue. But are you even entering into the fight? Do you have a passion even about one? Because if you have a passion about one, then you're helping battle it all. And we need a lot of people who get sold out for single things so they can join the total fight against darkness. Are you joining in? Or are you like me and in your default place of, you know, you have your linear world of comfort and, and this is where I'm going because this is kind of what I want. And man, that thing happened over there and that was really dark and bad. But, you know, if I'm really going to do anything about it, it's going to take some work for me. So no, I'll turn my head, pretend it didn't happen and keep moving, keep doing my thing can't do that in the scriptures. You can't do that in the body of Christ. You have to stand for truth. We must expose the darkness and work against it. But listen, in your attempts to work against the darkness, do not add to the darkness. Do not add to the darkness. Uh, Ephesians 4 tells us to speak the truth in love. Listen to this from 1 Peter chapter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with what? Say it. Gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. And listen, if you're here and you can't have conversations with people and you can't get on social media without losing your cool, whenever you attempt to stand for truth and you become argumentative and condescending and condemning towards others, listen, I'm telling you, you're disqualified. You can't do it anymore. You're done. You can't do it. That platform is no longer yours. And it's time for you to quit talking and start doing. It's time for you to quit typing and put your hands to something that's actually going to contribute to bringing light into the dark places. Because we don't need that. All you're doing is adding to the darkness. We don't need it. You're disqualified. So we stand for truth in the public arena. But at the same time, right, we do it with grace and gentleness and love and respect. But at the same time... We also are called to be open about ourselves, to be truthful about ourselves, our own spiritual state and the darknesses that we struggle with and combat. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Emphasis there on truthfully to your neighbor. Speak truthfully among each other for we are all members of one body. James 5.16 takes it a step further. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Listen, are you here struggling with a sinful pattern in your life? Is there residual darkness left over from a, a life without Christ? You need to confide in a trusted brother or sister in Christ. Because for many, even though you've been forgiven, praise God, the darkness is lingering because you've kept it hidden. It's still a secret. And it's time to expose the darkness in your heart so that you can find full healing. 
In a room this size, I would imagine there's people with, with contained darkness in there. It's hidden, and, and you're going to go home today, and this is going to describe you Psalm chapter 32. It says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. I've been in that place of conviction from the Lord where I have sin in my life that I've not told anybody about, and that defines it. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. That's how you feel because you've been holding on to this thing. <clears throat> this, you've been holding on to this thing that you've been forgiven from, but you've not been totally healed from because you will not open up to, to a brother or sister who you can trust and who's going to help you through that. And listen, we're going to talk about another aspect of this, right? To be honest about sin in your own life, but listen, we're the body of Christ. <clears throat> and the scripture is pretty clear that when you see darkness in another person's life, you have an avenue there. You have a platform because we are all members of one body. So not only do you be honest about darkness in your life, but we probably should do this more and more where we are honest about sin among each other, right? Now I'm not calling everybody just become this bigot, you know, like judgmental, like you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. Matthew chapter 18, 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. My guess is most times it doesn't even get there. That's my guess. Galatians 6.1, listen to this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person, say the word, gently. Gently. It's huge. That's a game changer right there. This plays out in any relationship. It plays out even um, in the home. Kenzie and I, believe it or not, we're sinners. We're broken, and we frequently have to reveal that sinfulness to each other, right? When we wrong each other, when we do things that we're not supposed to do, and it's usually me more than her for sure. But listen, every time <clears throat> that meeting is required, every time we have that conversation is needed, if one of us goes into that meeting frustrated, <clears throat> ready to fight, harsh, emotionally uncontrolled, <clears throat> all we are doing is inviting the other person's sinful nature to come out and play. That's all we're doing. But any time one person speaks to the other with calmness, humility, respect, it just goes better every single time. It gives the offender something reasonable and respectful to respond to, but it also gives the offended the right heart to receive their own sinful contribution to the issue because usually there's two to blame. The same thing is true in any relationship, right? If you need to call a brother out because of the way they hurt you, because of something going on in their lives, you reproach them in humility, gentleness, and respect. Be ready to, to be true about your own sin in your life. And in that way, you give them the very best option to respond accordingly and to grow closer with Christ. You give them that option. But if you lace your words with venom and passive aggression and unfiltered emotion, then you are working against yourself and the very one that you're speaking to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do no good for you. We must be willing to gently call each other out when darkness is displayed, so to encourage each other in confession and healing so that light wins and darkness loses. And when this happens, well, when this happens, listen to this, verse 13. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now, that verse is kind of mysterious at the start, but what I think Paul is saying is that even those dark spots, whenever it is made visible by the light, it is actually illuminated to become a light. 
even those places of darkness, can actually be converted to light. I know many people who have had very darkness-filled lives, but I've found the hope of Jesus in those places of darkness, right? Uh, you guys have been hearing us say his name quite a bit. Michael Miller's up here. Uh, he was at Student Life Camp, and we went to Student Life Camp. Uh, two groups this past time. So if you don't know who he is, but you've heard his name, well, he's up here, and so you can come up here and, and meet him and finally put a face to the name and all that kind of stuff. But talk about a dude who was full of darkness, and now he has a ministry to hundreds and hundreds of students expressing how God has used that darkness, and and people are being encouraged in the Lord because God has converted that darkness into light in his life, right? The very same thing is yours in Jesus Christ. No matter who you are, what you've done, how much darkness was in your past, how much darkness you came in here this morning with, Jesus is in the beautiful work of making dark things light, and he can do so much work through the person who seeks to please him, who stands for truth, who is honest and open about their past and current dark spots so that they might mature in Christ daily and help others do the same. And listen, believers, I I just hope you're pressing into this. And if not, then maybe today would be part of some spiritual awakening in your heart to begin pressing into this. And that kind of leads us to our last point and encouragement for living. Because my guess is there are people who are not pressing into what we've done is we've fallen asleep. Ephesians 4, 14, stay awake. Wake up and stay awake. Uh, Verse 14, this is why it is said, wake up, sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Right? It's a quote from an old uh, hymn, I think, from, from the early church. And perhaps the most obvious way to live in the light is to simply not slip back into darkness. The believers in here know that it is our tendency to get sleepy, to start yawning about pleasing the Lord, to shut our eyes on righteousness and holiness, and to just lay down once again in pleasing self. But if you're here and you've been a believer for years, and you perhaps have started to get sleepy, please stay awake. Awake today and stay awake. Keep pursuing. Keep pleasing the Lord. Keep taking the risks for him. Keep uh, obeying him with, with faith. Keep making sacrifices to him. Keep, um, stay sensitive to the peace and joy that he is giving to your soul whenever you obey him. Because even the mighty have fallen hard. And we see it all over the news all the time. Christian celebrities and, and, and Christian higher-ups who fall hard because they get sleepy and darkness creeps in we're called to stay awake to be basking in the light of christ so that our hearts and minds and lives are filled with him and so that others see him through us that is the point right that he makes us smile and we make others smile and so that they see the lord and smile um our our boy malachi he's almost four now but um our (laughs) If you don't know our story, I'm not going to go into the whole detail, but there's like infertility and we adopted these kids and blah, blah, blah. And then like years later, uh, we have this little boy, Malachi, that we got straight from the hospital and he's got a lot of developmental issues. We've ran him through every test um, to come back with just kind of nothing. Like we don't really have uh, much knowledge about what is actually going on with him developmentally. So he's like 16 months kind of behind schedule, right? Um, But... We are so grateful for him, and we love him so much, even though he'll be dealing with, you know, bits of that darkness for the rest of his life. And there's plenty of darkness in that area, right, that we just all had to work through in in Jesus Christ. 
But every morning, this kid, he gets up, he gets his blankie, and he gets his dog. Um, and you know, like in the morning, when the sun's kind of low and, and coming up, it shines through the windows, and it puts these big light rays on the ground. Well, he'll, he's blown and going, you know, he's ready to go. And so he's moving, and he's running, he's sprinting, he's yelling, all that kind of stuff. But every time he comes across one of those light rays, he just sits calmly and gets this cheesy grin on his face. Every time. It's so weird. It's stuff that you never even really notice. You know, the fact that he even has an eye for those kinds of things. And he just, he just sits and then he just gets up and keeps going. But he, it's, he's faithful to it. He just likes to sit in the little light rays. And man, believers, I hope we never get too busy and distracted to just simply forget to bask in the light of Christ so that he fills our hearts and minds and lives so that his light might shine through us, so that when other people see us basking in his light, they smile and they give praise to the Father. That's the point. And if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus as your Savior and you don't have this light in your life, I pray that today would be the day that God awakes your mind and heart to receive him. Listen, you've joined the club today. You know you have darkness in you. Join the club. We, we all have darkness in us. But darkness left to itself always leads to weariness and death. But in the light of Christ, he saves you from the darkness and he can even convert it to be used for light for him. My encouragement to you is to just be honest about that with the Lord today. Confess your darkness to him. Ask him to forgive you. Thank him for sending his son Jesus to die for you and receive his light today. Would you please do that? Let's pray. Oh God, we praise your name this morning. You are the, uh, the wonderful light and the giver of light. Um, God, when we, we understand that you have called us uh, to partake in this at such a level, God, that we become more and more like you with ever-increasing light and glory. God, I pray that today would contribute to that work uh, to the believers in this room, whether they've been a believer for a week or, um, God, for a, for a thousand weeks. God, that they would um, uh, take one step into just more of, a, uh, of an awakeness to your love and your light, God, that they would frequently smile as they sit in your light and that they would be intentional about sharing your light with other people, God, that we would seek to please you in all things. God, would you do that work among us? But if there is anyone here, Lord, who doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day that you remove their veil from their faces. God, that you would just pour uh, the light of your grace upon them through Jesus Christ and that they might receive him as Savior this morning. God, would you do this work in Jesus' name? Amen. We're going to go into a a time of just kind of reflection and response as we normally do. There's some prayer points up there that might help you, but the Lord might have spoke to you already and you you already know what you need to deal with. And so uh, go for that. Um, If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. Um, we have a lot of people in here who could easily lead you. You can do that in a few ways. You could just uh, call up someone who you were here with, right, and they can lead you, or you could just make the decision in your heart as you sit there now. Um, one little thing that we have, and it might seem kind of cheesy, but it's helpful for some people, is that right here on the welcome card, there's just this little box here that says, I gave my life to Christ today. That's just a, a convenient way for you to make the decision, but also to let us know about it so that we can love on you, celebrate with you, and help you take your next steps in this faith with Jesus Christ.
So if you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray that that would consume your response time now, that you would consider this, pray about that, talk to somebody. I'll be around, right? Uh, We have plenty of people who would love to introduce you to our Lord this morning. And if you do, would you let us know um, and put that card, again, back uh, at the Connect desk, uh, and we'll get a hold of you ASAP and celebrate with you. So this time uh, is yours.